0: Today, we're going to Luke 2, uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Luke chapter 2, 8 through 20. Um, You can find it on page 1591 in your Pew Bible. Luke 2, chapter 2, or Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night If you looked at the title of the sermon and were expecting to hear something about a biblical cure for physical hangover, I want to apologize to you. The Bible somehow is still silent on headaches and nausea. Um, When I say for our Christmas hangover, I'm really talking about emotional, psychological blues or depression rather than any physical pain. Every year, um, people get excited about Christmas, people look forward to it, and they spend time, you know, leading up to Christmas, you know, planning things, right? They spend time and energy just to make sure that every gift, every event, and every, every, every little thing is just perfect. When Christmas is over, though, however, it suddenly hits them. A child can feel it when he or she realizes that there's no more Christmas gift to open. Parents can feel it when suddenly the tumultuous noise of their children and grandchildren is no longer heard in the house. It's that back to reality feeling. That's a Christmas hangover. You know, Every year, people get excited about this Christmas thing, right? And there is a sense of expectancy or hope surrounding this Christmas because we understand what this day represents to all of us, right? This day, Christmas, literally split history into two. We have BC, the age of hope and promise, and we have AD, the age of fulfillment. This is the day when the Son of God became human being to fulfill the hope. Many different things can cause Christmas hangover. Let me give you an example. At the beginning of this year, we had many hopes. Hopes for better health, better finances, better relationship, and better life overall, right? And we all hope that by Christmas, this pandemic thing will be over, and we'll be able to celebrate Christmas with all of our loved ones. But as we were gathering around our Christmas tree yesterday, we have probably noticed that a few people were still missing. Realizing that some of the hopes that we have for Christmas, um, that been, you know, those hopes haven't quite materialized, that can cause a Christmas hangover. And there is a very specific type of Christmas hangover only Christians experience time to time. It's more than a back reality feeling. It's more like disappointment or despair, something that causes us to say, nothing really changes. Because there is a hope, expectancy that I was telling you about surrounding Christmas. Christmas is more than a red letter or red note. Christmas represents so much more than that. It represents the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, the hope that our non-believing family members, friends, you know, neighbors will be saved in Jesus' name, like we have been saved in Jesus' name. So every Christmas... So many Christians are reinvigorated by this hope, and they want to share the gospel. So they invite people to one of the Christmas events. So every Christmas, we invite people to one of our many Christmas events. And I bet you that there were some non-believers at our children's program and also at our Christmas Eve service. We invite people to church with the hope that things will be different this year that this might be the year when they finally come to faith, right? So we spend time planning how we're going to ask. We detail, like we we ask, what should I wear? Which words to use, right? And we execute it with the hope that this Christmas, our non-believing family members, friends, neighbors, they will find Jesus Christ. They will meet Jesus Christ and come to faith. This is the year. By the way, so if you're one of those visitors who decided to come back, um, welcome. We're glad you're here. But the point that I'm trying to make is that the reality that we have is that non-believers rarely say yes to such an invitation. And even if they say yes, the chance of them coming back after Christmas is very unlikely. So things rarely change. And today, some of us might be wondering, geez, what went wrong? Why didn't so-and-so want to come to church today? Why didn't he or she want to come to church today? I, I did everything that I could. That's the disappointing, despairing reality. That's that Christmas hangover, that nothing really changes feeling. And the real frustration that I have is that the Bible paints a very different picture As if inviting people to church is like the easiest thing in the world. Just look at the story that we read this morning. Luke 2. Shepherds are like Joe Sixpack. I don't know if you guys remember Joe Sixpack. Does anybody remember Joe Sixpack? You know, back in 2008, um, sorry, high school, middle school, children, children, and younger people. Back in 2008, um, during the presidential campaign, then-Republican VP nominee, Sarah Palin, coined the term Joe Six-Pack, and she used it as a catch-all term to, you know, uh, catch-all term for ordinary people. Shepherds here in our story are Joe Sixpacks. They are not extraordinary, nor are they insignificant. They're just ordinary people, the people that we run into every day, people that you might want to or you have already invited to church. So the angel invites these ordinary people to a Christmas event. And what's the, what does the angel say? Nothing extraordinary. It's pretty simple. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. Let's pause for a second. Does that sound at all extraordinary? That actually sounds a lot like something that we would say when we're inviting people to church. I mean, I usually tell people, hey, Jesus is your Savior. Hey, he's the good news. Hey, he will bring you joy. Hey, he'll bring you peace. He was born to be your Messiah, your Savior, your Lord. So I have that similarity, I guess, with... The angel, but the significant difference is when the angel said such things, it worked. The shepherds went to see Jesus. The story makes inviting people to church look so easy, but it's never that easy for us, is it? When we invite people to church, they rarely come. I mean, we spend time energy you know we spend mental strength physical strength praying planning and detailing but it seems like they never come to church it's our disappointing despairing reality it's that christmas hangover our things never change feeling and i know that feeling very well today you might look at me and say he never gets a haircut, but you might be, you might be surprised to find out that uh, whenever I move to a new city, usually, not this year, but usually, one of the first things that I do is finding a barber, finding a barber that gets me, right? Not just cuts my hair, but gets me who understands my needs, Right? I haven't felt the need because I'm growing my hair out right now, but back in 2016 when I moved to Grand Rapids, Michigan uh, to attend Calvin, that was one of the first things that I did. And after a few months of barbershop hopping, I found Yasin. He's a Syrian refuge, um, a refugee, and uh, he's got this thick, heavy Arab accent. And his dinky little barbershop is right next to a mosque, right next to a halal grocery store. And that's, that barbershop was always playing some loud Arab EDM music. I didn't know that Arab EDM music existed till I met Yasin. All right, so picture me, right? This brand new seminarian with a zeal and passion for the Lord. I chose Yasin as my barber, mainly because he was a great barber, but I also wanted to share the gospel with him. I wanted to see Yassin be saved in Jesus' name. So I began praying for Yassin, and I kept going back to his barber every month to get my regular haircut. After, uh, in that December that year, um, I went in for my usual haircut, and, you know, before Christmas, because I got to look good on Jesus' birthday, um, and he was doing, you know, sh- 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 he was cutting my hair. And at one point, he asked me, Mr. Young. That's what he called me because he could never quite get Young Kwang down, so he just called me Mr. Young. Mr. Young, what do you do? I'm a student. Oh, where? He looked surprised because he saw all my gray hair, right? So he was like, huh? Where? Oh, I go to Calvin. Oh, I know Calvin. Many of my customers are Calvin College students. What do you study, Mr. Young? At that moment, I thought to myself, God, is this my moment? Like, are you calling me to spread the gospel? So I was like, Yasin, I go to Calvin Seminary, and I am studying to become a pastor. Dead silence it was visibly uncomfortable. Of course, I never got to talk about the gospel or share, you know, or Jesus, or even invite him to church. After that haircut, I thought to myself, well, there's that. Nothing ever changes. Does this sound familiar to you guys? That disappointment, that despair, that Christmas hangover? It's a familiar feeling. And it actually doesn't even need to be Christmas for us to feel it. But in Luke 2, the angel makes it look so easy. So what are we missing? When we go back to Luke 2, it's kind of easy to find what we have been missing. The angel was not alone. He had a great company of the heavenly host, an angelic choir, if you will. And that choir was singing, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angel also had a sign, a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger, the sign which the shepherds saw with their own eyes. So, well, there's our answer right there. We just need an angelic choir and a sign from God that can be proven. Now the question is, where in the world are we going to find those two things? If only I had a choir of angels and a sign from God with me when I went to Yassin for my haircut. Even though my evangelistic effort didn't work out, I kept going back to Yassin because, again, I usually get haircuts and Yassin was a great barber. We talked about many different things, but never about Jesus Christ. And I have to admit, I low-key, kinda, sorta, completely gave up on the hope that this man will be saved in Jesus' name. Fast-forwarding to December 19, I went in again for my usual haircut before Christmas, and Yasin again did his thing. After the haircut was done, I was getting ready to pay, and Yasin asked me a question, Mister Young do you have any big plans for this christmas no nothing just the usual i intentionally did not mention any church events and this is what Yassin said to me mr young i'm going to a christmas service i'm going to a christmas service isn't god just amazing i'm not a big crier I, I really am not. Um, but I cried that day in the barbershop parking lot. My tears had many reasons, including feeling ashamed for having given up on Yassin when God had not But the main reason was the fact that God surrounded Yassin with the choir of angels. And I don't mean those angels with wings and stuff. I mean God's people pointing to God and singing glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Unfortunately, that was the last time I saw Yassin because January 2020, Yassin was way too booked. He was completely booked and he couldn't squeeze me in. And February of 2020, I was too busy researching for my graduation paper. And in March of 2020, everything was shut down in Michigan because of COVID. I still pray, though. I still pray for Yassin. And I pray that the same choir is still pointing to God and singing, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And I also pray that the choir is not just singing, but showing Yassin what that peace looks like. See, joy that was promised by the angel for all the people was not realized until the shepherds saw the sign, the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Their joy was complete because of the agreement between what they heard in the fields and what they saw in that little stable in Bethlehem. And it was only after seeing the sign they went away praising and glorifying God. Today, a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger wouldn't be a sign. If you ever saw that, please call the Child Protection Services. But we still have a sign. God has left us a sign. The choir of angels actually sang about it. The sign is the peace, the peace that we have received from the baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger the same baby the shepherds saw more than 2,000 years ago, the same baby who was born to be our Savior, to be our Messiah, to be our Lord, the same baby who would grow up to die for our sins, that baby gave us peace. And that peace is also the remedy for all our Christmas hangovers. Sure, it might seem like nothing ever changes, The health of your loved one your finances a severed relationship nothing seems to be getting better and the people that we we have been praying for they're not still coming to church and any of those things can just crush our hopes for christmas or just hopes in general yet we have peace in jesus Remember, that baby wrapped in cloth and laying in a manger, that baby's coming back, and when he does, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more pain, no more death, no more crying, and no more Christmas hangovers. We know how this story ends, and because of that, we have peace in Jesus Christ. So today God calls us to be a choir of angels and once again I don't mean literal angels with wings and stuff but God's people who point to God and sing glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. God also calls us to be assigned to our non-believing family members, friends, neighbors, baristas, barbers, and all other people by displaying the peace that we have received from Jesus Christ. When people see that the peace that we sing about and the peace that we display in and through our lives are in agreement, God will use us as the conduit of His gospel message for all people. So, do you have a Christmas hangover this morning? Do you want to find peace of mind in the midst of? disappointments, despair, and crushed hopes. Well, I'm here to remind you that you already have the peace of Christ with you. So let's sing, people. You and that one Christian at your work, you can sing a duet at your work. Your gang of three Musketeers be a tr- can be a trio at your school, and your family of four can be a quartet in your neighborhood. And this congregation can be a full-blown choir with sopranos, altos, tenors, and basses. We can sing. Whether we are full or empty, whether we feel disappointed or hopeful, whether it's Christmas, Easter, or some other holiday, it doesn't matter. In every stage of our lives, we can sing of the peace that we have in Jesus Christ. So let's sing. Let's go tell it on the mountain. Let's glorify and praise God at the top of our lungs. Let's sing of the peace that we have in Jesus Christ, who was born to be our Savior, our Messiah, and our Lord. Let's go to God in prayer. God, it's been less than a day since Christmas, but for many of us, all the excitement, the hope, the joy, seem to have evaporated it feels like we have circled back to square one and it just seems like everything is still the same nothing ever changes so we thank you this day for reminding us that even in the worst scenario we have we still have the peace of christ and that peace alone is enough for us to glorify you and praise you so help us to be the angelic choir singing of your peace in jesus Help us be the sign that leads people to your salvation in your Son. We ask these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.